This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of Everyone is Hot, the podcast that talks about your favorite stealth sex symbols and the film that turned you on to them. I'm Shelley Brooks. And I'm Michael Stevens. Oh, hi, Michael. How's it going? Uh, very well. How are you, Shelley? I'm doing pretty well. I'm in sunny Florida. It's very nice. I'm in the dirtbag town of Pensacola, and I am a dirtbag at heart, so (laughs) I am fitting right in. (laughs) Very nice. I hope you're having a lovely weekend. I am having a lovely weekend, and it's only getting lovelier because we have a very exciting guest. Do we not, Michael? Oh, my gosh. We have a super cool guest, DJ, producer, founder of Supply Chain Records, and host on KXLU 88.9 FM, Sharon Like. Oh, clap. Wow, that's great. That's a great sound. Thank you. (laughs) We're so excited to have you, as are the children. (laughs) They're thrilled. Sharon, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. This is very exciting. I think this is my first my first podcast as a guest i tried doing a pilot oh one time oh what's the pilot it was called do they owe us a living it might still be up i might Ooh. still be paying for those stupid rss disco things but oh. um <laughs> it, <laughs> was, it. it was just me and my friend this is like maybe a couple weeks before the pandemic started so <laughs> we were we were talking about being artists or musicians with like and like our struggles with the working world yeah Um, you know day job type working world on top of the you know the difficulties of being a a DIY kind of artist but that fell apart as you might expect with the pandemic and uh nobody has time for it now so oh gosh yeah well we certainly empathize with uh (laughs) with that story oh my god how many different I wonder how many different podcast ideas we had before we settled on this one uh I don't 
too many. I think it was always around this because I remember that I've been wanting to do something like this for a while. And I remember being like, I think Michael would be on the wavelength <laughs> to do something on this topic. <laughs> and there we were. Also, I should note, um, the listeners won't be able to see this, but Sharon is wearing a Julie Klausner shirt. Which is very exciting for me. <laughs> we recently had on Brett Bohm, who produces Julie's show Double Threat, uh, as well as Brett's own show, Weekend at Bergman's, which Michael and I were recently on. So, dear listeners, if you haven't heard that, go back and listen. It's a great show. Um, but yeah, so Sharon, would you like to tell us who is your crush this week and what movie are we going to be discussing? My crush uh, this week is Catherine Keener from the movie Being John Malkovich from yes. 1999. Um, it's interesting because when you asked me to do the podcast, I I was like, okay, what is my answer to this? And for some reason, I just like was able to pull this out. Mm -hmm. Uh, I rewatched being John Malkovich last night and realized that I really did not have much of a memory of the movie as a whole at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) it's kind of amazing that I was able to draw that out. But at one point I was, you know, if somebody had asked me, who's your celebrity crush or whatever that would have been it Catherine Keener being John Malkovich wow we love it and for any listeners who don't have too much of a memory of what the movie is about either uh Michael would you like to give us a quick synopsis of being John Malkovich from 1999 directed by Spike Jones? of course Craig a puppeteer takes a filing job at a low ceilings office in Manhattan although married to the slightly askew Lottie. He hits on a colleague, the sexually frank Maxine. She's bored, but snaps awake when he finds a portal leading inside John Malkovich. For 15 minutes, you see, hear, and feel whatever Malkovich is doing. Then you fall out by the New Jersey Turnpike. Maxine makes it commercial, selling trips for $200. Also, she's more interested in Lottie than Craig but only when Lottie is inside Malkovich. Malkovich finds out what's going on and tries to stop it. But Craig sees the portal as his road to Maxine and to success as a puppeteer. Meanwhile, Lottie discovers others interested in the portal. And as we frequently note, we steal these synopses from IMDb. uh, So they're not always a snappy copy, (laughs) but you know what? That's what happens. Someone else took the time to write it and we're grateful for it. Uh, <laughs> whoever wrote this we gotta give them a shout out honestly like it's thorough it's what it's it's what happens <laughs> my favorite part was when it said you fall out what is it at the side of the oh yeah. Pike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah then you, yeah. you fall you... out <laughs> yeah it's like an interactive like vr experience <laughs> i mean i i love a synopsis that john malkovich you will experience this this makes sense <laughs> i like it you know I, mean, I like it i think it's really good <laughs> Now, we're going to get a little more into detail about being John Malkovich in just a minute and like really, really go deep on Catherine Keener. Um, but, you know, Sharon, we like to get a little warmed up beforehand. We got to get a little loose. Yes, we do. A little lubed up with uh, something we call. Oh, sorry, I'm looking for the music. We call the sexy, sexy trivia. Ah, there we go. There we go. Everybody's moving and grooving. (laughs) We're moving and grooving on the call. Oh, boy. Now, we like to read some trivia also from IMDb in the sexiest voice possible. Just get really in the mood. Michael, would you like to start us out? Positively. (laughs) 
Letter A. Charlie Kaufman had no backup actors in mind to play themselves in the title role if John Malkovich couldn't appear in the film. And every time somebody offered to produce the film on the condition that a different actor be used, Kaufman adamantly refused, even when Malkovich himself made the offer. Mm, that's hard. Mm, apparently, <laughs> apparently, multiple people, including Malkovich, suggested Tom Cruise. What? Ooh. That would have been a terrible <laughs> fucking movie. Uh, I do not want to watch that. <laughs> being, being Tom Cruise. That's what it would have been. It would have been good, yeah. He's a little, you know, empty behind the eyes in the first place, so <laughs> it would have been convenient. <clears throat> but Sharon, let's get number B in our trivia. Take it away. Wait. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, be in the script. Be in the mind. trivia is... Yeah. Okay, in the first draft of the script... Lester and his friends weren't using Malkovich's portal as a means for extending their lives, but in a plot to take over the world in the name of Satan. Ooh. <laughs> Satan was the mysterious Flemmer that the Merton Flemmer building was half named after. Ooh, that's hot. That's a good tidbit. Ooh, Satan, Daddy. Thank you. Thank you, Daddy. And finally, we've got, let us see, Catherine Keener disliked her own character. I wasn't who I saw for the part of Maxine, she told the New York Times. She was sexy and bold, and I didn't really like her. Ooh. <laughs> Poor Maxine. Oh, she is a raging bitch, though, we do have to admit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but a very hot bitch. Right. And we love her. We love her. Uh, so yeah, let's let's hop in on Catherine Keener and on being John Malkovich. Now, Sharon, do you remember when you first saw this movie? I don't remember exactly. I remember the ballpark. Probably this is ages somewhere between thirteen and fifteen. Mm -hmm. I think I saw it probably on one of those like IFC kind of IFC is exactly deep, what I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, like deep cable. <laughs> like probably having access to that for almost the first time while still mm -hmm. like while getting into the indie film stuff, then also being able to just kind of watch things <laughs> in privacy or whatever. And then, yeah. Yeah. I, obviously it left a huge impression because <laughs> I, I still remember that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I think, well, let's say 14 probably ballpark. Okay. It's interesting that you mentioned seeing it in privacy because Michael did text earlier this morning saying that their first viewing was over their parents' shoulders. So yeah. I feel like it must have been a very different experience seeing it in privacy and seeing it with your parents for the first time. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's a kind of movie that my parents would really not have much of an interest in, or at least at that time, probably. I mean, mm. as, as they've gotten older and, you know, empty nest and so forth, uh, <laughs> they probably have been more interested in seeing more independent film and that sort of thing. Mm. But I feel like being John Malkovich is like a little too weird for them to care. <laughs> Same with my parents. Michael yeah. got very lucky with some real film, film oriented parents, I would say. Is that right, Michael? 
I mean, they just like to see everything that's out there. Um, and I yeah. was a very boring <laughs> child, so um, <laughs> they needed like, something. God, this kid's fucking boring. This kid is fucking boring. Stop talking about fucking movies. Hercules. <laughs> oh, man. So do you remember, like, so if you were getting into indie film at the time, like, was there like uh you know people in your life that inspired you to get into it friends or did you just kind of like find it through the internet like what sort of like shaped your taste into this more indie direction this is a good question um because i don't exactly know i i know that i started getting into more alternative kinds of music from like around age nine i started getting into like punk and then from punk it just started you know spiraling into more and more obscure things from there so Mm -hmm. it seems like kind of if you're already listening to weird music, you kind of want the weird movies to go yes. with that. I <laughs> yeah. think that's most of it. At some point I did join um, in high school. Like there was one club that I joined, which was called underground film society. It was like oh at lunch, God. we would watch maybe like however much of a movie you could get through at a lunchtime and then come back next week. And, <sighs> but I think, I think I had already developed the interest by then. Yeah. That's Ooh. so cool, though. I'm so jealous. I tried I to mean, start a film club at my high school, and it did not get off the ground. <laughs> same. I got a quick question for you. What kind of programming are we talking yeah. for Underground Film Club? What are we watching? I'm trying what to are kids remember. talking about? I mean, the the kid who was, uh, who's, what is it, head of the club or whatever, mm-hmm. um, he had pretty good taste. So we were... I'm trying to remember. He, he somehow was, like, really tuned into what, you know, the the cl- the classics would be or something because mm. I remember we watched Slacker, which nice. is so cool. pretty interesting for you know a sixteen year old kid to be pulling that <laughs> and knowing the significance of something like that. Um, yeah, Slacker. I remember. I remember uh, Science of Sleep, which I think was more oh, yeah. released at that time. Maybe not brand new, but um, yeah, Science like two thousand six or something like that. Yeah. yeah, Manhattan. Woody Allen, for what it's <laughs> oh, worth. Yeah. Of course. No, yeah. Yeah. I've rented that one many a time as a youth. Yeah. (laughs) We've all been there. (laughs) It was pretty dialed in, though. Yeah. So you're in California, is that right? Yeah, I'm in California, and this was in Orange County, like... Okay, cool. South South Orange County, because there is a differentiation there. It's like the deep south of uh, Orange County, or Southern California, kind of. It's a very conservative and, like, secluded zone it's not urban at all oh okay cool (laughs) so any any pocket of weirdness i would i would try to latch on to yeah (laughs) yeah oh that's awesome i love that and so the first time that you watched this movie did like katherine keener already stand out as like wow who is this i'm sure like (laughs) as soon as she was on the screen like right away um and in re-watching it last night I, i couldn't really just go straight through it I was like, I want to know what's, I want to dissect like the science of this, whatever's going yeah. on in my brain. Mm-hmm. Like I was going like frame by frame and like, that's a really great performance. It's, yeah. it's really, she's just so fast and uh, mm. like will cycle expressions really quickly to where it almost feels like you can't pick them up at 24 frames a second or something because she's moving so fast. I don't know. There's something there, yeah, that I think I'd probably just as soon as she was on the screen, I was like, ah! <laughs> how, would you, how would you kind of name that, like, fast energy and 
this this energy that you're talking about that she has is it something that you see in other actors that mm-hmm. kind of yeah it's a good question there's definitely i i don't know how to name it because she is such a bitchy character also <laughs> like it's like a a fully realized version of what is represented in other kind of like maybe more like a manic pixie dream girl kind of character okay um, yeah which i would always fall for also in my <laughs> youth uh not not as much now but um it, it it's just like it's almost cartoonish yeah like she almost has like a bugs bunny energy um <laughs> yeah. which is i don't need to analyze that too much but no, I, I, I get what you're talking about. And mm-hmm. when you mentioned Manic Pixie Dream Girl, the whole time I'm thinking about like other characters uh, that uh, Charlie Kaufman has written that kind of um, mm. r- rhyme with that energy and the energy that she has in this character, uh, who's very, you know, high status kind of reminds me of Clementine in mm. Eternal Sunshine, who's another uh, Charlie Kaufman uh manic pixie dream girl definitely more the stereotypical manic Mm. pixie dream girl um but that mercurial kind of i don't want to use i don't want to say like feisty because there's a better word (laughs) there's some feisty in there though yeah definitely yeah the one of like the most interesting trivia from the trivia section is that she didn't really feel like that was the performance Mm. that she wanted to do because it seems like it would have broken the movie if it had been anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I feel like, yeah, it's, um, it would almost be too bleak, I think, if it were played more realistically. I love how sort of like heightened and physical all of the performances are. Um, one thing that really stood out to me was in the scene where they're all having dinner together. She, her physical performance is almost like Commedia dell'arte or something. Like yes. she's so sort of like stylized and she's like, in this pose with like her arms akimbo sitting at the table and she's smoking a cigarette with the longest column of ash at the end like and she's oh, yeah. only got like like a millimeter of paper left it's just a long stack of ash and she's like so unbothered by it i was like that is hot <laughs> but yeah the stylization i think is like really exciting in her performance um but yeah and it, it does feel like yeah i think michael you've got a good point about this sort of like continuation of Kaufman characters. Like even if this was you know directed by Spike Jones, that you can find the through line between a lot of these women that he's written. Yeah. I also don't want to discount the fashion element that is definitely oh. there. Like everything she's wearing is perfect and just so <laughs> cool. And it's 1999 and you just don't see really that style anywhere else. Like mm-hmm. the whole the whole thing, the the cool clothes which seemed to have some kind of like metaphorical meaning if I wanted to analyze it more with the colors mm. that change throughout the movie. But cool clothes, amazing haircut. <laughs> I don't even know what that haircut is. Yeah. And then the red <laughs> lipstick, and then I'm just yes. done. I'm cooked. Uh, yeah, my favorite costume, I think I'm torn between the black dress when she's with Malkovich and one when she's in the office with Craig and she's wearing like an all white outfit and like sitting on the floor with her legs open. So she kind of looks like Sharon Stone in Basic Instinct. You do not see her pussy, but Mm. (laughs) you come very close, it seems. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't sure if it was a purposeful reference, but it was very effective either way. (laughs) I didn't think of that, but it could be. Uh, Yeah, I wonder. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah, no, she's wonderful in this. And something that Michael and I were briefly talking about before you hopped onto the call, Sharon, was that like, it was so exciting seeing her in this movie because she's so, but we were both a little hesitant at first when you picked her because we're like, well, she's obviously so hot in this. And we, you know, we talk about underrated crushes, but it is exciting to see someone who is the hot character, but also like looks like a human being. Like we were talking about how in a movie today, she'd probably have like veneers. And we love that she's got like human teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I thought about that as well. Like, is she too traditionally hot to meet the criteria mm. here? But it's like, it's kind of amazing because it's it's got to be mostly a directing thing, how she was just mm. shaped into that character that's like pure sex, but <laughs> like she didn't even really want to play it that way. Right. Yeah. And I don't, I haven't seen a lot of other Catherine Keener movies, to be honest, but she mm. is in my favorite movie of all time, which is Hamlet 2. Yes, I gotta see Hamlet yeah. too. You have to see Hamlet too. Like you, you have to. But um, in that movie, it's like just a more straight. Like she's still beautiful, but it's like mm -hmm. it's she's got like a more earthy thing going on. That's not. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't describe that as pure sex. I think most people wouldn't. And yeah. uh, it's it speaks to the range and also, yeah. I mean, I since I was hooked at a young age, I mm -hmm. can't really see this with see this as objectively not that there's objective beauty or whatever but right. the point is would somebody else think that like Catherine Keener in Hamlet 2 is like the hottest thing ever mm -hmm. I don't know maybe that's more of a stealth thing yeah this yeah is, I have not heard someone reference Hamlet 2 in so long I, <laughs> I'm so glad you brought this up it's, <laughs> it's my amazing. favorite yeah that's fantastic and I do think that like this is something that the movie does well overall is like taking people who might not be the traditional sex symbol and making them so sexy. Like, I mean, I've, I always find Malkovich hot, but like, I don't think anyone would call him a typical sex symbol, but everyone's so horny for him in this movie. And like Cameron Diaz, like, you know, is made to look up all frumpy, but I think it's still oh, so I'm sexy. So, <laughs> I'm so into Cameron Diaz uh, with the frizzy hair in this movie. Um, God. Oh, so cozy. <laughs> She's... <laughs> And I think it's weird. I, I, oh, go ahead. No, no. I was please, just go gonna say, yeah, because I mean, like everybody is kind of amazing in this movie. They have like mm. weird versions of sexiness, but it's all kind <laughs> of pitted against this just Catherine Keener, which is supposed to be like the crystallized version <laughs> yeah. of yeah. hot it, it, in the context of the movie. And so you you kind of have to think a little extra and be like, oh wait, yeah, Cameron Diaz. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> And I do think that like they discuss in the movie or like address kind of like the different things that can be perceived as sexy by different people. Like, you know, clearly like Cusack's character, like part of the appeal of Catherine Keener is that she's so fucking mean to him. Oh my God. Uh, whereas she like talks like about how she's so attracted to uh, Lottie as Malkovich because she loves having two people looking through the same set of eyes, just absolutely adoring her. And it's like, oh God, what a range of sexuality we've got going on here. <laughs> Very hot, really into it. <laughs> now, do you remember, Sharon, what your like first movie crush was? I was thinking about that a lot. Um, because the thing is, I guess as a kid, I like most stuff worked for me like, <laughs> right. like they're like here's the leading lady and i would be like 
<laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> so i it was like it like actually finding like isolating uh crushes that maybe lasted longer than while watching the movie or something is is what i should be looking for but i do remember like all right this isn't this is more of a sexual awakening thing than a mm-hmm. than a crush thing maybe at this age but galaxy quest sigourney weaver oh my god yes. it's oh like i just remember like as a little kid like <laughs> yeah oh we love that oh yeah. my god um, yes galaxy quest what a good one also i had and mentioned it... oh, uh, at some point like Romy and michelle's high school reunion which is like hopefully you, you can talk more about that whole movie at some point because there's so much hot and stealth hot going on in that movie but yeah. the janine garofalo i think mm. the janine garofalo character in that movie i think really solidified something in my brain about what i thought was hot but it was maybe in like a more you want to be her kind of way mm. i a thousand percent agree uh on the janine garofalo bit uh the movie for me that did it was probably mystery men but um I uh love her. She's so cool. <laughs> and in our previous Uday Chopra episode, we talked about Jean Graffalo quite a bit in The Truth About Cats and Dogs. Yes, that's right. Uh, in which she's playing a little softer character. But it is interesting because it seems like you've got a bit of a through line with some of these women that, you know, Catherine Keener in this movie. Sigourney Weaver, Jeanine Garofalo, they're all kind of like tough bitches. Like, you know. Tough bitches. Yeah, tough bitches. If there's an alternative element, like if there's extra eyeliner, that's definitely (laughs) a thing. Yes. Because I was was actually listening to the the Brett Boehm episode, and Mm. it's funny because he's talking about like he wasn't necessarily allowed to watch movies but then he would just see the poster and be like i bet she's really hot in that movie or something that i do remember that happening to me a couple times just like i mean i was not it's not that i wasn't allowed to watch any movies but there were certain things that i I was not allowed to watch and i remember like Mm -hmm. uh one of those for me was like domino um cure knightley yes where she's just some kind of like badass bitch who shoots people and has a lot of eyeliner so yes there is a through line Ooh, I have a question. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what are your thoughts on Sarah Connor from the Terminator mm. films? I haven't gone super deep into the Terminator thing. It's it's more of an aversion to, to James Cameron than anything <laughs> else. But um, mm-hmm. okay. from what I have seen, and I can't admit that like if I do try to watch Terminator, I'll enjoy it. But um, yeah. <laughs> right, Sarah Connor, hot, yes, hot, yes, okay, cool, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. We just need to be able to agree yeah. on the still mm-hmm. photographs of her shredded arms. Um, oh, she oh, is. Oh, uh. yeah, Michael. Did you have like a box in the movie store that like you didn't see, but like at the movie rental place, you're like, holy moly, who is that? <laughs> Oof. I mean. It probably it was probably Tomb Raider. It was probably Tomb Raider. Oh, uh, that's a good one. Uh, probably Tomb Raider, the video game character. To be honest <laughs> with you, um, nice. Yeah, the video game one. Yeah, I agree with you more than the yeah. Angelina Jolie. More than the like, Angelina the, Jolie. The video Ooh. game Tomb Raider is that's where it's at. That's where it is at. I don't yeah. know why. Can't explain it. I I, I couldn't either. Yeah. I mean, I think it was specifically designed to be friendly. <laughs> right. <laughs> to be fair. I think, yeah, I think like Tomb Raider is kind of also like a, it's like a lesbian thing. There's like yeah. a lesbian mm-hmm. thing with Tomb Raider. 
that like I didn't realize uh until later in life, but we had like cool lesbian neighbors. Oh, and then I didn't realize like they were fans of Tomb Raider. It's like, well, these women are like quite a bit older to where they would never mm. would have touched the video game, <laughs> never would have oh. played it. But like, it's you know when the Tomb Raider movies come out, it's like, oh, okay, I see. This is kind of like a thing. Like this is a demographic yeah. for Tomb Raider. God. This is like That's taking funny. me back to like that era and my younger self. And now I'm thinking <laughs> about like, I don't know what channel it was on, but Bound, Bound, that oh, fucking yeah. movie. Oh my God. Jennifer oh. Tilly um, and Gina Gershon. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I remember. Wachowski sisters, oh, right. they okay. know I, hot women. <laughs> I know what the, this is. A, this is a Wachowski. What, what, mm-hmm. Do you say Wachowski or Wachowski? I say Wachowski, but I don't know if that's correct. Wachowski. I've been saying Wachowski's forever. Mm. Okay, I might well, be wrong. We'll never know. Never, There's right? no way to find out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that seems like essential viewing for me. I need to watch that yeah. soon. You gotta. Later. Yeah. Oh my god, that movie rules. Um, mm-hmm. I oh god. One of these days, we gotta talk about. We gotta talk about Bound. We gotta talk about Speed Racer. We gotta talk about the Matrix. We gotta go oh, through the whole yeah. fucking Jupiter oh. ascending. I'll go through all the shit. Um. Love Cannot wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got to say my my uh, blockbuster uh, cover of something that I didn't get to see when I was younger, but was uh, really fascinated by was Margaret Cho's stand up. There were several Margaret Cho uh, DVDs at Oof. my local blockbuster. <laughs> and I did not know Margaret Cho until I was much older, but I remember being in like middle school walking like quickly walking by the boxes so I could like look over <laughs> and my yeah. parents would know. <laughs> I just remember the one where she was like, it was like a Che Che Guevara or something. Yes. Oh. I gotta yeah. look this up. <laughs> oh lord. Definitely left an impression on me too. Then, yeah. It seems so. It was a specifically blockbuster thing. I think that was one of those ones where I like picked it up and I was like, it was either like, it's not a feature length movie, so this is mm-hmm. not the best use of my choice my the choice that i have or right or it's just like i'm not allowed to watch this so i might as well not worry about it um oh I see. she's yeah, great the, she's mm. great the feature link thing is funny that yeah when you had to be strategic at blockbuster you're right? like okay i can rent two things and so i gotta make sure <laughs> get the longest thing possible to take up the most time oh god my dad would always yell at me not to pick up like we can't watch robocop again like <laughs> that's great <laughs> stay trying to watch robocop and fucking major pain or some shit like that um oh major perfect. pain uh, <laughs> what it's, a it's, time capsule yeah a little a little problematic but oh <laughs> extremely problematic love, but not it's it's hard not to love that movie yeah uh, for the fantastic. for the wacky Damon Wayans, uh, none of the kids' comedies from that era, I, I think, <laughs> like <laughs> you show, like I, I can't show that to my nephew now. Like, <laughs> oh God, no, absolutely not. <laughs> well, something that I want to go back to that I think was really interesting that you said, Sharon, and something that like I've definitely experienced a lot was uh, having crushes where you're like, I don't know if I have a crush on them or if I want to be them. Mm. And so do you find that in your movie crushes or crushes generally where there's that ambiguity of like, I don't know, like, yeah, it being almost like aspirational, the kind of people that like you find yourself attracted to. Yeah, it's it's like. I mean, I came out as trans like fairly recently in the in the overall narrative of my life. Um, So I've like had to think about that a certain amount and like actually actually differentiating between the two 
has been kind of difficult. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's gotta just be like a certain amount of like, I've been narcissistic the whole time um, <laughs> with, so like if I'm attracted to, I don't know, this gets into deep psychology, but sure. with, okay, we'll use Janine Garofalo as the case study. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. just watching her uh, being able to say to like the cowboy guy, what is it? Go fuck a sheep or your sister or yourself. Like so hot. that's really hot, but it also <laughs> it's like who you want to be. It's like these yeah. are the, the defense skills for your life is yeah. to be able to just like outwit somebody mm-hmm. and be hot in the process. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a lot there. I yeah, there is a lot there. I'm not sure it, if I answered your question at all. But no, until oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I so get as a like inveterate people pleaser. Like every girl that I have a crush on is like a tough, mean bitch. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, is it that like I like that in the person, or is that I want to be that person? I <laughs> it's uh, hard to know. It can be both. It can be both. It's true. Is I'm a Libra moon, so it's definitely both for me. Um, yeah, I. I don't know if I can experience attraction without also finding something in that other person that's like, I I want to have that. This person mm. is so brave. <laughs> I wish I was brave. Oh. Teach me to be brave. You're brave, Michael. Uh, You're brave. Uh. Well, I know that now. Yes, yes there you go. But that is, sometimes it requires those thought processes to yeah. be like active and acknowledged. Yes. It's like... Mm-hmm. You just got to process. The cool thing about movies is you can mm. kind of live live out those scenarios yeah. uh, through the movie and then be like I feel more prepared for next mm-hmm. time something like this happens to me. Uh mm. maybe it doesn't work for like Actually, I was going to say maybe it doesn't work for like Sarah Connor and Terminator, but it's mm. the way things have been going. <laughs> you yeah, never yeah, know what yeah. you're going to need. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> I need a rewatch Terminator. Um, but it's interesting that you brought up the Hamlet too, and how sort of like different Catherine Keener is in that movie. Um, so we, you know, we've talked about your attraction to, you know, the tough bitches, but do you find that there's some sort of like through line with Catherine Keener, even when she's playing these like vastly different characters that appeals to you? Like what is it about her as a performer that you think is so interesting? I mean, she's such a great actor that the, the versatility i mean because i i went to film i I mostly do music stuff now but i did go to film school so i Mm. have done some analysis and also just in classes like you you look you learn to look at movies in a different way to where it it does like kind of bite into the enjoyability of movies watching them after film school but (laughs) then there's also like you, you can start to see things on a more technical level Mm. Um, and I think she just on a, on a technical acting level just is so precise. It's really mm. precise where, uh, Hamlet too, cause she's not in that much of it, mm. but she says, she says in regards to, um, what's his name? Arquette. Um, oh, um, uh, uh D- David, David, David yes. Arquette. <laughs> He's living with them, and by mm. them is uh, it's Steve Coogan and Catherine Keener are are married, um, and then she just says he's our border, <laughs> playing drunk on a margarita. But there's just a way that she can do it that I feel like nobody else can, 
Mm. And it's the uniqueness of of the line reads and the uniqueness of the the way that she'd play any character because it adds depth. Um, There is like with Bing, John Malkovich and Hamlet too, she's kind of an antagonist in both of those movies. Uh, And you still can feel a certain amount of sympathy even though she's like kind of doing really horrible things. (laughs) And I guess that's hot also. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's so true. Yeah. She feels so sort of like lived in because like, yeah, she makes these like weird sort of like left field choices a lot of times. Like I love in one of the scenes, she's like sitting at her desk, but she's just got like her leg propped up. So her knee is like at her ear. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. you didn't have to sit in the desk that way. You made a choice. And that's so fun. (laughs) So many choices. There's also just, yeah, like one time she's sitting on the floor and like stroking herself kind of. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that is funny because, I mean, she t- plays this like very sexual character, but I mean, she's also such a, a ball buster. So she's not traditionally like sensual in it. But yeah, she does all these little things like the stroking of herself or like that throaty laugh that she'll do that like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's sexy without being soft which is really cool right yeah that i i don't think about that binary as much of like that there's like Mm -hmm. the soft sexy that is maybe the more (laughs) traditional traditionally associated with femininity yeah um but then there's yeah there's like a yeah like a more rough or like hard sexy and then she's Mm. got it but with like she is like hyper feminine through the whole movie as well i feel like yeah yeah she's never like, like yeah like stroking her dimple being like hey daddy yeah there's something really like feminine about the whole thing despite Mm. the masculine actions like actions that you would usually associate with uh men like being really enterprising and unscrupulous at the same time or something (laughs) like that whatever but you you look at Catherine keener and then look at uh Cameron Diaz, who is mm. struggling with her, struggling with a feminine idea and maybe realizing she's transmasculine, actually. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting to just see them next to each other because if you ask who's more feminine, it's or who's more traditionally feminine or whatever, mm-hmm. you're probably gonna say Catherine Keener every time, as mm-hmm. far as the delivery of the lines and that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, and like, I mean, the film like very openly plays with this idea of gender. I mean, there's that great line where Catherine Keener talks about how, you know, she tells Lottie like that she's in love with her, but not as a woman, that she's in love with her yeah. in Malkovich's body and that she likes his masculine body, but with her feminine soul in it. And it's like, yeah, the the sort of like fluidity of the the gender and sensuality and sexuality there is really cool. I, I'm like almost disappointed that I only watched it again, rewatched it again last night because mm-hmm. th- I haven't been able to like fully unpack all of it yet. Yeah. It's a it's a way more queer movie than I uh, than I remember it being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't have been able to really catch all of it at a younger age, and uh, mm-hmm. but it does kind of make sense that it's it has this place in the history of movies that I've watched and enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is also like 1999, which is not a, you know, it's not a woke time. And it, no. I wouldn't say it's necessarily that woke of a movie. There's like yeah. <laughs> some stuff in there that's like 
some major definitely stumbles. politically incorrect. There's an there's an there are a couple F slurs in there and uh -huh. like a couple of R's. Which is just a warning. Lots yeah, of R's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it still does represent like this kind of queerness where it it's so confusing and so roundabout that it like mm. it it kind of doesn't matter. Which is an yeah. interesting approach to viewing queerness compared to um i don't know trends in our society of like mm -hmm. everything needs to be everything needs to have a name and this mm -hmm. is this is what i am so that you know this right. is my category and this is mm -hmm. like gets more specific the, all the classifications uh mm -hmm. there's the other approach to queerness where it's just like i'm queer doesn't matter yep. Yeah. Yep. and it kind of <laughs> follows that more so yep. yeah Oof. Yeah, that's it's interesting because I don't often think of like Charlie Kaufman as like a particularly queer writer or filmmaker. But I mean, even thinking about like Synecdoche, Synecdoche New York, like New York, yeah, yeah, there's that like people move between roles and like there's really almost no regard for gender there. So yeah, it's interesting that someone who yeah I don't think would I certainly don't think he would call himself a sort of like queer filmmaker, but it is in sort of like yeah like you say these sort of roundabout ways. Oof. So I have a question. Um... I know there is a game and things prepare, <laughs> but um, I want to know what you would pair with this movie. Um, mm. Now that we're talking about themes and things, mm -hmm. um, what is a film that you, what is one film that you would pair with being John Malkovich? Mm. Like a movie that would go well within like a double feature kind of yes, context precisely. or something? Okay. Maybe while you've got it, Michael, I know you've got yeah, one in mind. So I couldn't stop thinking about The Matrix. <laughs> um, Interesting. I couldn't stop thinking about The Matrix this whole time I was watching the movie. Um, like I'm thinking a lot about um, self and exploration of self and how self can be a kind of... Uh, sometimes it's a vacation and sometimes it's a fucking uh, prison. <laughs> And uh, The Matrix has one movie where you know you have characters who are presented with uh, their own little portals to okay, you can keep doing the same shit, you can keep being you know this Tom Anderson, or you can be who you really are outside of The Matrix. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's on just on the mind. It's on the dome. It's something I I think I would definitely make sense once I watch both of them together. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that's that's what I would pair. Um, that actually makes a lot of sense to me. And I would run with that too. Yeah. Because I, mm -hmm. I was thinking in the last few days also, like um, The Matrix is a movie I saw when I was like five or something. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, just really young. And I remember like, I was like really into The Matrix. Yeah. As like a five, six year old or whatever. <laughs> and then like my friend's mom would say like, I didn't I don't I didn't really get it. And I would be like, I got it. And of it's course like, you well, didn't I don't fucking know. get it. Oh god. <laughs> right. But also uh, <laughs> it made sense that she didn't get it, but it didn't make sense that I said that I did. Mm -hmm. Um but that also, yeah, there's so much there's a lot of shared territory yeah. between mm -hmm. being John Malkovich and the Matrix. And it also is 
interesting that there is some queer coding in the matrix that didn't really come to light until later yes. as yeah. the Wachowski Kowskis were uh, <laughs> transitioning. Then mm. I think, I, I don't know if this is on record that the red pill represents the estrogen pill yeah, that they were yeah. taking. Um, I think that came from one of the Wachowskis. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think I remember reading that. somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Also, I love that, like, I think I read an interview with Keanu where someone introduced that idea to him. And he was like, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was it. I like that. <laughs> that like, sounds good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he seems so upstanding. Yeah, he really I is. I love I <laughs> love that man. man. <laughs> <laughs> we got to give our Keanu. flowers to Keanu. Uh, <laughs> got it. Uh, That's a great pairing, Michael. I yeah. like that. What do you got, Shelly? Um, I was thinking about it. I was going back and forth between a few, but I think I got to go with uh, the recent um, Julie Ducardeau uh, movie, uh, Titan, 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 uh, Titan. <laughs> um, but yeah, because I think it's funny that like there's so much going on in being John Malkovich, but we all kind of like, you know, I think hooked on to the sort of like gender aspect of it because that's so much in the identity aspect. That's so much of Titan, Titan as well. Um, yeah, the fluidity of gender in that. And also the idea that like people, I mean, there's some line in it where, you know, the father figure is like, I don't care if you're my son, you're always my son. <laughs> it's like, oh. Yeah, that sort of idea, like identity is what you make it, you know? I am not familiar with this. This is a newer thing. I'm very out of the loop. Oh, it's really worth checking out. It's from um, the woman who directed that movie, Raw, that horror movie. Um, but it's uh, it came out... I guess maybe two years ago at this point, but it is fantastic. It's a French movie that starts out seeming like it's going to be a kind of um, like serial killer thriller and then turns into this um, really interesting sort of like meditation on like found family and gender identity and uh, just general identity and like how it's sort of like self-created. It's, it's really beautiful, actually. That sounds amazing. It sounds like yeah. exactly what I want to watch right now. So. <laughs> yeah, highly recommend. <laughs> I guess if I need a unique answer, though, for the pairing, I would say Hamlet, too. One, because <laughs> yes. it's my favorite movie that's <laughs> essential, but also because you can really do the compare and contrast on the, the Catherine Keener performances. Yeah. Uh, She's she's really interesting because uh, she doesn't like to in interviews talk about herself at all. She's very mm. like work minded when yeah. it comes to her approach to acting, uh, and you don't you don't get that very much where people don't mm. kind of want to promote themselves, yeah, as much as they just want to be good at their job. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it does seem like it kind of comes down to people's career goals like do you want to be a movie star or do you want to be an actor and it seems like the people who want to be movie stars create their own mythology and the people who want to be actors are like I just want to talk about the acting mm. well we've got a little bit of time left so Michael what would you say to us playing a little game I would say yes let's play a game <laughs> great <laughs> <laughs> So I've prepared a, a little trivia game for us. And like all of the games that um, I make for the podcast, it's very dumb. The questions are dumb, but hopefully it'll be fun. Uh, so if you know the answer, uh, you can 
uh, buzz in by saying your name and then giving giving the answer to the question. Now these are going to be long, um, winding, uh, often confusing questions. Good, so, good. Godspeed to you both. Thank you. Uh, this is the the keen for keener quiz. Oh, so these are it. all questions to do with Catherine Keener's career. I'm sorry that I will probably get none of these, but let's give it a shot. <laughs> You know what? We're just here for a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> We're not here for accuracy. I hope Michael. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. I, I I hope I I hope I got it. Let's let's just go for it. God, I okay. hope I get it. Oof. All right. Question number one. Dun, dun, dun. In this keener flick about a sexually repressed sigma male, the lead actor nearly lost a nipple due to incorrectly applied wax. What is the movie? Uh, can you read the question one more time? Yes. I'm just processing, <laughs> processing this, all of it. Yeah, like I said, long, convoluted, and confusing questions. That's good. I know and there's a clue go. in the in the question. Sigma, mm -hmm. sigma. Male. A What's sig a sigma male? He uh, or like you know, like a beta male, like a little uh, repressed okay, okay. Uh, dork. Okay. Um, this one that they sometimes I like to do wordplay. There's no fun wordplay in this. It's oh. really just. Uh... <laughs> Wait. So say it Sorry. again. Sorry. Okay. Uh, I think I I think I'm getting it now. Okay. In this keener flick about a sexually repressed sigma male, Michael. the lead actor Michael, uh, a forty year old virgin. Yes. That I love her Dude in that girl movie. Nearly lost a nipple in that movie. Right. That's alarming. Right. I didn't know that you could nearly lose a nipple from a, a waxing error. That's yes, horrible. They, they did real waxing in the movie. Apparently, the woman playing the waxer um, said she knew how to do it. <laughs> did not oh, actually. Geez. And you're supposed That's... to put Vaseline on the nipples before doing it, which she did not do. Oh, my God. And luckily, God. they stopped before oh. she ripped his nipple off. God. Talk, like, nipple wait, injuries. Wait, wait, wait. So Oof. they just had to prevent the the maneuver from taking I guess place they, in order to prevent the nipple from being lost? That, yeah, I don't know if they had sounds... to put some sort of solve on it to like loosen the glue. Probably. <laughs> but somebody but, yeah. but somebody caught it before the... the, the I believe the Judd Apatow himself recognized, hey, that nipple like, might wait a, wait a second, that nipple's not... Oh. That nipple's not Vaseline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what a hero. <laughs> Yeah, thank, seriously. John Apatow, hero. John Apatow, I, ugh. thank you for saying thank Steve Carell's nipple. Oh. We are all grateful. Steve, Steve Carell thanks you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful job, Michael. It's one point nice. for Michael. All right. Question number two. <clears throat> In this family film, Keener has a homoerotically charged relationship with a mom with an ass so fat that New Yorker critic Anthony Lane said all the dads would be hiding their boners. God, God damn it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. One more time. One more time. Because I think I do know this. I, th I think I know this too. I oh, fuck. <clears throat> In this family film, Keener has a homoerotically charged relationship with a mom with an ass so fat that New Yorker critic Anthony Lane said all the dads would be hiding their bones. Sharon, Sharon? Uh, is it The Incredibles? God uh, damn it! Oh, close, close, close. The Incredibles. <laughs> two. The Incredibles yeah. two. <laughs> yeah. Okay, because I, I haven't seen it, but like I do remember this. This is. 
from a was it double threat or something? Uh, <laughs> oh wait, did they talk somebody, about it too? <laughs> I think somebody. I think I think Julie Julie Klausner has uh, maybe touched on this at some point because I go yeah. deep with that stuff. Oh, yeah. But that's the only way I knew. I, I didn't realize <laughs> Catherine Keener. There's a there's a there's a homoerotic, homoerotically charged relationship between Catherine Keener, whoever Catherine Keener plays, and then what is it, Mrs. Plays, and Holly Hunter? Yeah, Mrs. Incredible, voiced by Holly Hunter. Catherine Keener plays the villain in the movie, and I did watch this movie while I was babysitting, and there is one scene where, <sighs> oof, baby, yo, <laughs> things get a little steamy. Yo, um, <laughs> you're kind of selling me on this movie that I would have never otherwise. <laughs> yo, you gotta watch this movie because I highly recommend. <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying to cycle through all the boners that I've had and all of the the fat asses and. <laughs> That's that's where I tripped up, but The Incredibles yeah. two was like right there. Oh god, oh, yeah, right there. And anyone who's listening who hasn't read Anthony Lane's review of The Incredibles two, it is incredible. Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay, so- question number three. <clears throat> Catherine Keener starred opposite this actor in two films in which he played sad guy artists. One who starts the film Shitting Blood and ends it alienated from reality and dying. And the other about a man who loses his soul, manipulating a murderer for a book. Name that actor. Oh, dang. <laughs> Look, I don't, I don't know who this actor is, but... He plays two sad, sad artists opposite Catherine Keener. One of them is, I will say, a theater director who early in the film shits blood. And uh, ends up in a an enormous play of his own making. Sharon. Yes, Sharon. Oh, ooh. is it Philip Seymour Hoffman? It is. Yes, it is. Ding, okay. ding, 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 ding. Uh, right, right, right. The second movie was Capote. Mm. <laughs> I have such shallow knowledge of things, but sometimes I can just pull it out. Oh, I would yeah. say you're kicking Michael's this ass. This is great. So this is great. Too shallow. <laughs> Okay, I have to four. I have to go back and watch all of these. Yeah. Oh yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I've seen <laughs> all of these, and I'm not getting any. God damn it! You're just not as good of a quiz, uh, I'm, Sharon. <laughs> I'm having my clock cleaned today. <laughs> okay, this one is about a movie that's a bit of a deep cut, but I think at least one of you will get the answer. I think. Okay, the incest indie, the ballad of Jack and Rose. Stars Keener opposite an actor who once quit playing Hamlet because he saw his dad's ghost and was directed by Rebecca Miller, daughter of which famous American playwright? Oh, Michael. Michael. <laughs> Is it either, uh, uh, Arthur Miller. That's correct. Oh, oh dang dong. Thank God. Thank fucking God. <laughs> Fun little indie about incest. I did not see that movie. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> okay. We've got our last one. We're tied at the moment. This is the tiebreaker question. All right, number five. While being John Malkovich prominently features a chimp, this filmmaker who previously directed Keener in a horror classic oh. also featured a scary chimp in his most recent film. <laughs> uh, Michael. Michael. Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele with Nope. Two chimp movies. <laughs> Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't stop thinking about Mo- Nope because of the chimp in being John Malkovich. Yeah. So he was on the dome. Uh, no more monkey movies. We can't do it. Truly, like let these monkeys chill. <laughs> They're not paying these monkeys. Oh. Right. Good point. 
paying them in bananas? What the fuck? Come on. That's not money. That's not money. That That's not legal tinder. Can't buy a house with that. True. <laughs> These poor monkeys leave the monkeys alone. Ugh. Well, that was the Keen for Keener quiz. What a great time Ugh. we have had today. Sharon, thank you so much for being on. This was a dang delight. Ugh. Thank you so much for having me. It's It's been a pleasure hanging out with y'all. Uh, talking talking hot, talking keener. <laughs> Getting keen for the keen. Mm, now, do you have keen. anything you would like to plug, Sharon? Um, yeah, I'm on the radio once a week, uh, Fridays, 3 to 6 p.m. PST, or actually just Pacific because it switches with the daylight and the mm-hmm. whatever. Ooh. 3 to 6 p.m. Pacific time on KXLU 88.9 FM Los Angeles or kxlu.com for most people um it's called no more heroes with the host tony knox uh i just co-host with him we play records um that are punky and weird and stuff so there's that and then also my label supplychainrecords.bandcamp.com yes we love it thank you so fun and michael where can people find us oh you can find us on all social media platforms at everyone is hot pod. That's everyone with the number one. And if you are listening to us on Apple Music, please rate us five stars. And, and no less. No less than five stars. And we'll we'll read your crush on the show. Um yeah. anything less than that is uh frankly insulting. Yeah. Yep. Fucked. And weird. Like, why would you do that? Why would you yeah, do you that? Who does that? Work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't like breadcrumb me with your ratings. Like, what the no fuck? Fucking way. Ugh. Ugh. We hate it if you do that, but we love doing this show and we love having on great guests like Sharon. Thank Sharon, you. thank you again. Thank you, Michael, so thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And Shelley. Michael, what should our uh, listeners do? Stay horny. Horny. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.